Hey y'all, this is Rose reporting to you live, finishing the editing of this episode. So just a quick disclaimer before the episode starts. There was, for example, our girl Valentina Valentini dropping the article on Shondaland.com where we got the full blown up resolution stills, the clip from today, and the actors also discussing in a bit more detail information related to their characters and the stills. So that came out a bit after Carly and I were talking. So we wove in details from that later on. So if in certain points in the podcast episode, if it seems like we wove things in after the fact, that's (laughs) correct. And you are correctly clocking that. We also have included some bits of what was Cat Quinn, goddess that she is, getting great, valuable, interesting little clues, crumbs, and morsels from the cast of Bridgerton, things that weren't in the panel itself, which is great. Those have been woven in as well, but there's additional interviews and interactions that Cat Quinn had and information that she got today from the cast that we will talk about in a future episode because we most certainly are not done discussing everything from today, but we have to end it at a certain point. But that and our Q&A from the Valentine's hotline and the voicemails that y'all sent in will be in our following episode. But other than that, buckle up. We had a lot of fun recording this episode. It has been a great day in the pollen bridgerton fandom and yeah enjoy bye dude dude okay <laughs> hi that, guys yeah wait Welcome. hi h-i-g-h <laughs> um wait sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you okay yeah i didn't mean okay, to guys. pull it nicola <laughs> you said it i did it you said it i did it nicola oh, baby i love you Okay. Hey, <laughs> hi. Welcome to this very special, very important Valentine's Day episode of Between the Scandal Sheets. You have your co-CEOs, your leaders in I don't fucking know <laughs> being high and stupid and obsessed. I just with spat Colin. my LaCroix. <laughs> I have a lukewarm Dr. Pepper dog. Anyway. Ooh, ambrosia. Yes, literally. Vector. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry guys. Oh, I'm, I'm so I'm so like I'm like okay. I'm Hold bounced on. off the walls. Yeah, okay, wait, let's oh, no okay, everyone's I think like this is funny, but like I can't stop so it's hard <laughs> because I'm so like overstimulated. I'm no close. same. There are tears upon my cheeks, babe. Anyway. I have tears, but not in my eyes. She's <laughs> okay. got pussy tears. <laughs> say it for, you, said, you said it for the people in the back. The people who, like me, are catatonic right now from so many things. You have your co-CEOs here today. I'm Carly. And I'm Rose. And you guys, we just watched the Bridgerton sneak peek and panel where we got like five plus photos we got a 
okay, they said two minute, but this bitch is almost exactly one fucking minute. Yeah, this is a fake as Little fuck. teaser. Yeah, first of all, I'm gonna sue, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> that's how we get our cease and desist. <laughs> yes. Because I say I'm gonna sue. Um, it was literally like <laughs> a minute damage. and three seconds. So yep. I'm all for like rounding up a word count if it's like an essay. But if you're feeding mm. me speckles and little little treats to keep me up to date for this season, don't tell me it's two minutes and make it one. <laughs> like, bitch, I can yeah. count. Yeah, that was that was fucking not. Um, okay. Oh, just a quick little. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to collect all of my lobes into a brain again because they're fucking. <laughs> They're like a puzzle, all scattered I'm across the world. I'm sitting straight panting, so you take your time. Um, just a quick bit of context for y'all's listening. So our plan from the gecko, from the gecko, Geico, was to live record, like, us listening to it. Like, watching and listening to the, you know, panel together, um, separately in different parts <laughs> of the world. But what ended up happening, a few things. One, my villain origin story. Because none of my browsers worked, so I literally had to open up my husband's computer and watch it on his shit. Um, none of my stuff was working for, like, five minutes. Then once Carly and I were both on and together, we realized, like, it was too hard to, like, listen to each other, talk to each other, listen to the panel, like, watch and record. all. The- like, it was – we either were silent, like, listening intently, or we were talking and screaming over each other. So we were like, okay – you know what? That's trial and error, baby. Like, on yeah. the ground, we figured it out. We just are going to do an episode fresh. Like, fresh. Yeah. As su- we literally turned off the stream and are here. So, um, yeah. I think this is a little bit better. But, yeah, that that's the context. I think it's a little bit better. Also, you guys, I just gave Rosie a phone number <coughs> for the first time. As if we haven't been friends for months. But she just got my phone number because I had to FaceTime her ass so she could watch the first five minutes of the thing. Because I was on the ledge and you, like, pulled me back on by, by, like, my, like, because, collar. Yeah, well, because she had already partaken a little bit and I was still fresh between the ears and un- Sharp. Yeah, I was sharp as fuck. I said, <laughs> babe, I'm gonna send you my phone number. Just FaceTime me. And then so she watched, got to watch the first five minutes. And then when she yeah. finally got it on and then we started a recording again to try and get our reaction... Yeah, she was ahead of me, so she was like screaming and reacting before, like while they were still answering questions. She got to see uh, slutty no kerchief Ben and Colin. Yep. <laughs> in the in the fucking pub before me. Okay, guys. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss the panel and the questions and themes that were discussed. Then we will go over the episode titles that we were given. Then we will discuss the stills, and then we will discuss what changed and altered our brain chemistry forever, which is that one minute of just gag-worthy, court-serving, just gloriousness. I don't even know how to describe it. I have so many fucking thoughts. I have so many fucking thoughts. I'm so excited. Wait, Carly, can we take a second? And and also with with all all our besties listening, this is what we've been waiting for. You guys, first of all, I want to say, give me and fucking Rose our flowers. 
out of all the prediction videos we made, and you guys too, because we we get Mm -hmm. and agree with a lot of the predictions that people in the fandom make, right? Right, right. We are influenced by each other. We're talking about the same set of materials. I'm not saying we came up with any of our predictions solely, but I feel like a lot of the shit we have talked about in previous episodes has been, like, proven today. Yeah, you are right. Well, like, yeah, okay, well, she says, good night, Mr. Bridgerton. We'll get to that later. So that's an angry Mr. Bridgerton. We finally have her. We have the fact yeah. that Debling is her main suitor. Right, um, yes. And we'll talk about it in a second, but something said in the panel made me think Marcus sure is a Danbury. Right, and yes. Then, right, and then, yeah, those are just, like, off the top of my, like, inebriated mind. But either way, yes, there were things that we said where, like, we're kind of clairvoyant. Send us your lottery numbers, and we we need a cut of it, though. But we'll yeah. help you out. We'll get rich quick together. Um, okay, so the panel. Carly, I'm curious, especially because you didn't have a villain origin story during. Like, you were able to watch the stream the whole time. What are your key thoughts, takeaway from the panel? Just uh, Number one, I think I saved us from world damnation via Rose- <laughs> Rose's rage. <laughs> um, <laughs> When she was because we were maybe we'll do a little special five minute episode of our recordings from the thing yeah but the rage she had in her heart and the fear in her voice it's like an anime when like the character has like a shadow over his eyes because he's getting like <laughs> that was literally me i was like turning evil <laughs> absolutely the drip of sweat like <laughs> falling at your temple like 100 um okay you guys so just there's so much that happened, and there was so much talking, and almost none of it from Luke Newton, but we don't have to say that. Um, no, well, we gotta get into that, too, because that's a really good point. Literally, Lukey Pookie, just talk, babe. Like, you don't have to keep it brief. The people want to hear from you, as if you will ever listen to this. <laughs> uh, he does, remember? He- also, we have people that are, according to our analytics, we have people that are 17 and younger. Yes, we smoked, but stay in school. And um, that's all I'm going to say on that. That's my PSA. Stay in school. Let's just get, let's just address the elephant in the room. There was way too much Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte-centric conversation. (laughs) Yeah. My second villain origin story. And I think all of ours. That was ridiculous. I feel like Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte had the same, if not more, screen time than Luke and Nicola, who are the, like, the leading love interests of the season that being said i don't know if it's due to how the questions are phrased or the answers given by those two actors yeah but i think we did get a lot of good information the reason we're feeling like that is because the information that they gave was still plot bearing information and is going to be important to the story but it wasn't about colin and pen and that's why yeah. we were like next question like talk to luke like it's not yeah. that that information wasn't important and isn't gonna fuel so many fan fictions because dot 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 lady danbury is obviously related to marcus in some way can you can you talk about that like what what made you think that the actress who plays lady danbury yeah Adjua. Adjua, was talking about you know the depth of the character and lady danbury's journey and she was talking about how something that happens this season is gonna jar 
Lady Danbury and the perception of her and the Tom. And, you know, there's going to be this, like, conflict for her. And she was talking earlier about the past and her past with Queen Charlotte and the past in Queen Charlotte. And then she started talking about this, like, big you know kind of surprise thing that's gonna happen in season three for lady danbury and it's gonna you know whatever Mm -hmm. that's a love child baby if it's not her love child with lord ledger then if it's like her grandchild then it's not weird if him and violet get together i'm gonna really fucking hate if they do a luke and leia situation here with violet and marcus that's where yeah it's a love a love child Right, Lord Ledger, or are they gonna... Because if it's like, oh, it was Adolphus, like, he came back and, like, you know, hit it, like, once randomly, and, like, it's his baby. That I feel like something like that, or, like, a random new character, right? Like, do we think that after her husband and, like, the very brief stint that Lady Danbury had with um, Lord Ledger, that that's it, right? That from there on, her garden was closed, right? It, like, it hasn't seen the light of day. It hasn't been watered. And, and who's to say? <laughs> like, it w- I think, yeah, narratively, it would feel odd if it was just a rando or, like, Adolphus or, you know, Queen Charlotte's brother or somebody yeah. else later. But what's the trade-off then? Like you said, we get a Luke and Leia Star Wars kind of plotline where violet is like oh, there's something about you that just i'm just drawn to you and it's like yeah you're you share dna <laughs> that's why you're drawn to yeah. him. like <laughs> that's your half brother that's i mean that's slightly better because luke and leia were like twins do you know what i mean one of the things that adjua said that was really exciting was that the showrunner just now gave her space to sort of like wobble and be more emotional and like there's there's that risk of with this new person the ton marcus anderson like there's gonna be cracks in her perfect facade, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you said, what everyone's perception of her was, it's going to be tested. And I'm excited to see her be a little unhinged, like spun off her axis and see what that looks like this season. Mm-hmm. But you're right, that is interesting tidbits. That's interesting plot line. But it is disappointing how much time was focused on them. That then like equal mm-hmm. time, if not more, was not focused on Nick and Luke. Yeah. I respect the fact that there are fan favorite characters and that, that yeah. you know, people are tuning in to see them. Yeah. Um, that's totally fine. And I get that that's why they went through, like, the whole panel every single time. So, like, if someone's mm. favorite character is Ben, like, Luke Thompson has said something. And right. if someone's favorite character is Elle, Claudia has said something. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I wish there was, like, less of that fan service in that way and a little bit more focus on the actors who play Colin and Penn just because I want to know during this like intense season and I know they can't really I'm hoping intense season I'm praying I'm looking to the deities of broken furniture and you know saying (laughs) a prayer that this is an intense season um (laughs) but I wanted to like know more about you know their scenes together and like you know kind of more solo duo scenes between them because like those are the best parts of the book yes but it's fine those like interactions between them so like that's what i was hoping for you can't always get what you want (laughs) um so i will transcend and i'll get over it yeah and i i I appreciate like the way you're putting it because you're right like we don't want to come on here and just be like 
moaning and complaining for like the first 15 like, minutes of this. Get this. Like, yeah. Dude, my guess what? If I ever get back to writing, my fanfics are gonna be fucking bussing with these facts. Dude, bangers. Just yeah, just pulling out bangers, bangers. Bangers and fucking mash. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so one thing that in my personal headcanon I got wrong. And it seems like Eloise is gonna be playing a bigger part between Colin and Penn than I had previously anticipated. I thought she was gonna be like out of the picture a little bit and be having like a side story with whoever this interesting new friend is. Mm-hmm. But motherfucker, now that Alice and Will are a part of the ton, <gasps> yeah, her friend in a whatever place could be Alice, Alice. or Will. Because if Alice is needing a confidant in the ton, Penn's having her own fucking issues. Oh. She's, I feel like I'm incorrect about previously believing that Eloise wouldn't be cock-blocking all season based on what Claudia mm. said in the panel. And how Luke described, like, the friend love triangle, almost, yeah. of Eloise getting, the fucking, getting in the fucking way all the time. I'm um, so pissed about that. So, um, I'm a little pissed about it, but like, I think it's gonna be kind of funny. But if she if she ruins a sex scene, I'm gonna freak out. Yes, exactly. That's my only exactly. That's my only reservation too. But I love a little comedic timing. I think she can pull it. So I think Eloise is gonna be playing more a part in between Colin and Penn rather than Eloise still playing a big part, but outside of that storyline, and Penn and Colin have to figure out their shit, and that's their. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's kind of nice about the idea of okay, if it's Alice Mondrich, right? I mean, that's someone where that's so much better than Cressida. That makes more sense yes. than, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, yeah, Cressida would have been awful because like that she's just so mean, and Al already like told her she'd rather die than be her friend in season two, so it's very consistent. Uh, Lady Tilly seems like she's more Benedict's, you know, buddy this this season. We didn't really know who else it would be. Doesn't seem like it's gonna be her family. They kind of cramp her style. So that is really interesting. Um, I think just to kind of go into that, right? Like, why would it be Alice? And it's because something interesting we did learn in the panel is that Will Mondrich is receiving a title this season. So yes. he is he is now, it, He I was like, his ass is coming out of the shadows too. Everybody is coming out of the shadows this season. And he's now titled. He's going to be, you know, a nobleman. Interested to find out what his title is. Ooh, what do we think it'll be? Mm. what kind of peerage do you think i think it depends why he gets the title oh i love just that giving them out or you get a title, get a title. <laughs> yeah literally is it because she's giving them out again in order to like play on things that happened in queen charlotte did he mm. do some certain action did he stop a robbery did he give fucking the queen's granddaughter cpr like what did will <laughs> do to get this nobility yeah um and i think that's gonna affect the coming from a person of a history degree i don't fucking know but i think that's gonna affect the title he's given no you're right and i feel like we saw it a bit with like jack featherington and we know like because he kind of he was throwing shade at will last season there's gonna be rude mofos this season who see like him now being part of up the ton who are like oh what because they were so used to his dynamic was no you serve us right like you're just the barkeep right or you're just the boxer yeah and now he's like no 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 i am on your level and i know some of you guys don't like that but like that's always cool about 
Martin's talking about how like Will is very stubborn is that like even though he's got the new title and um, we'll discuss this still in a second but like he's obviously he shined up like a new penny he still will at heart and that's I like mm-hmm. that that friction is going to be there and I do love that we have someone like Mondrich who is like this like wonderful like you know like black man who's very successful and like just seeing mm-hmm. more of like how the colorblind casting is used to like elevate people who should be you know given those kinds yeah. of roles yeah I think I think we can just jump right into this talking about this still really quick because I think it is so important so the still of Will Alice and their children is episode one big slip so you guys uh his family is so precious he has his two young sons and his young daughter Alice is standing in front of him they're getting out of a carriage this looks like a familiar carriage to me it's beautiful and blue it's It's a gorgeous blue carriage Wait, it kind of looks like the one that Colin is in because you look at like the pin cushion looking ceiling that's like kind of goldish, the blue curtains. I don't know. Mm. Do you did the you find it? The tassels are different. So I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at the carriage that Colin gets out of with his fugly top hat. When he's going to see Mariner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that fucking, every, top hat and goatee, just fucking double trouble on that one. Dude, literally <laughs> double homicide. It was literally bad. my worst fucking nightmare in one photo. Colin literally sleep paralysis. Of, getting out of a carriage, not getting into one. He's got a fucking fugly top hat on and a fucking goatee. Anyway, um, we're just gonna say it's not anyone else's carriage because the tasselry on the back is different. They look they're so fancy. Nice, yeah, they're in front of a nice carriage. It's not a hired hack. It's like this is showing op- a little bit of opulence that we've not seen for them before and i'm absolutely loving it we have alice in like a gorgeous what is that it's darker than lilac like lavender but a yeah lavenderish dress she looks gorgeous and then you have will in the back he is wearing a cravat all tied up he looks handsome he's glowing he's a very attractive man i love you so i'm wondering like What's going on with where are they? Because we see a lot of like gravel and mm-hmm. trees behind them. But but so are they in front of a house going for tea for the first time? Mm. Where are they? Or are they going into an event? Wait, zoom so- in. Zoom in on the window that you can see to the left of Will's head. It looks like you can see like red brick. Again, it could be gravel and CGI behind them. They could actually be outside. But it's funny that it kind of looks like a bunch of red bricks, like a wall that is reflecting oh, off the shiny uh-huh. window. So, huh, that's yeah, that's about right. Because th- this could have just been a shot. And then what's in front of them is not what we're going to see or what's reflected in the glass of the uh, hmm. the window. But yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. Yeah, so, and again, red brick, that's not really, I mean, we we can rule out a few homes in the series that, like, yeah. we know for sure don't look like that. But, you know, there's there's so many things it could be. Like, they're looking at something they don't seem quite comfortable. Yeah, they're, like, they're bracing themselves. Like, they seem exactly, hesitant. yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, the tightening of the jaw and, like, squaring your shoulders and just, like, walking into to the tongue. Yeah, because it, since it's daytime, I mean, this could be a daytime event, right? Could this be them at the mm-hmm. races, right? Like, the races oh, was a daytime mm-hmm. event. Because um, we see, like, we do see, like, the little boys, like, they look their little hats. They're so cute. look like little conductors. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like, yeah, they're, this is, I think, really showing a bit of what, like, Martins and the panel was talking about with, like, 
It's going to be an adjustment for Will. It's going to be exciting because in the end, like, him and his family is going to stick the landing. Yeah, it says that Alice is navigating a lot as a character. None of us thought Will's going to get a title. So, like, wow. Ugh. No, we were all just we were all just thinking Colin was going to spend a lot of time at Will's. Oh, wait, because you know what? That's the thing. With Will now titled, remember how, like, hashtag give Colin friends? Now Will gets invitations to everything. Exactly. <gasps> and I think, yeah. Yep. Hey. Hey. Put him in the wedding. <laughs> Best man. Best man. Let's see it. Put Colin in the ring. Put Will in the mm, Something else that was discussed in the panel is that when Golda was asked, what does it take to capture the queen's eye as a diamond? Uh, Golda said this season that there's a newness to it. We find that Queen Charlotte is a little bit bored. She's searching for something different. She's done with the typical mm -hmm. girls that are curtsying, you know, that she sees um, at these balls who are presenting in front of her, debuting. And that's exciting because is it not going to just be Franny? Is it going to be Penn? I don't want it to be Penn. Because if, but if she's, I, I, think... I understand. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. What she said def definitely put me off of the idea that it's going to be Fran. Yeah. Because unless they're like, oh, she's so demure. Like she's <laughs> actually not like snotty like these other debutantes. Like that's no fucking fun. Because Edwina was perfectly kind and, you know. Yeah. And Daphne was like, sweet. was kind too. Yeah. Yeah. She just got horny. <laughs> Dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was going to uh, say, Simon deep throated that spoon at Gunter's, and she was like, damn. That I wanna... is the most heinous scene I've ever seen. I always skip it. I'm like, why am I watching this man lick? Okay. I mean, I like, hope it, this it, season it, we see man, men licking, but, you know. I know, but not a spoon. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Wasting my energy. Um, <laughs> Are we, is that, was that a teeing up to Penn is going to be, if not the diamond, the emerald, or some oh, other precious oh, stone? Oh, oh, oh. I think she can be. I definitely think it was an interesting phrasing. I was under the impression it was going to be Francesca because in Fra Francesca's book, she was diamond-esque at least, if not the diamond. She caught the attention of, of an Earl very quickly mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah, Earl of Kilmer. <laughs> okay, yeah. She caught the attention of an Earl relatively quickly and they were married within the, th the season. Mm. Like, Francesca didn't seemed to have a very difficult time on the marriage mart it was not even really a part of her story just her meeting john yeah so i think that's like semi-important to tee up her story but the way that golda phrased it it does make me think that it could be someone else maybe even like throw eloise back in the mix i think that would be funny and that would be more if we're still going along the lines of the queen can be her special secret friend yeah, if that. Yeah, that's true. We, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, like, whistle down in the Queen as that whole, you know, in the background, that conflict is still a thing, that rivalry, where Elle uh -huh. fits into that. Because it's also, like, we haven't seen, right, like, we didn't see in season two, Eloise and the Queen ever interact. There was nothing actually of, like, the Queen addressing Chief after Penn. Oh, no, she's never like, never mind. Yes, yes, that's, a, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, huh, are we going to get that? Yeah, because I mean, you know, Queen Charlotte was so excited, like, I got it, I'm closing in, it's Eloise, I knew it. You know, Brinsley and all of my little birds were like, finding out for me, they were following her to, th like, to, you know, the printer and see her and Theo. 
But so then when Whistledown released that article, right, like that was the whole point that Genevieve made when she proposed the idea to Penn is like, this will get suspicion away from her because why would she write something so unflattering about herself? So, right, like is, is Queen Charlotte like, oh, the search continues. I'm just, yeah, curious if she'll interact with Eloise at all in that regard. But yeah. I- well, yeah, but Queen Charlotte had a lot going on during, you know, the off season with dealing with her kids and trying to get them to have babies. They weren't actively looking for her during the off season. True. They had a lot true. on their mind. True. Yeah. So that's true. Maybe it'll take a second or yeah, the first scandal sheet that like of yeah, the, the first that comes one out. that drops will remind her. Yeah. <laughs> New scandal sheet dropped. Exactly. So <laughs> unless she feels some type of way about some of the stuff that Lady Whistledown published during the winter about like mm-hmm. her and you know, um, like with her daughter's death, like trying to get an heir, things like that, which I mean, I think it was her granddaughter. Oh, okay. Yes. You see, you just, you be straightening me out to my marbles. (laughs) History degree. Yes, bitch. That brain is big and juicy. Um, I think what's one of the nice silver linings of what we felt was ultimately like, Eh, the panel kind of left some things to be desired is that oh wait i want doubling in episodes one and two and nothing more i want them sorted and snuggling by episode three minute one now wait a minute you said something there you said something a thread i'm about to pull on that bitch doubling let's talk about doubling i think he's a handsome man I mean, I'm not really into blondes. I I can't do a blonde. Can't do a blonde. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Colin's cuter than Dublin. Babies would come out clear. It would be so pale. So the punnet square, it would be all like lower little b, little b. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Recessive, recessive, recessive. So recessive. Yeah. Um. So during the panel, you know, we did get the preview about them discussing who is. There's one suitor that Penelope's going to have this season that especially... One serious suitor. Yes, exactly. One serious suitor who we, and, you know, we were among the many people who were like, that's doubling. And ding, 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 ding. Yes, y'all. Mm-hmm. It was doubling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the still of him and Pen. I was going to say, let's uh, go to that still. So we got the still of doubling and Pen. Let's talk about what we see here. Where are they? Why? Where are they? Do we recognize? Where are they? Let's see. It's like yellow walls. Let me pull her up. It's very yellow. If we're seeing a ton of yellow, let's just for a second wonder: Is it Featherington House? If so, <gasps> when we know they're lacking money, why would they be at Featherington House, possibly for an engagement dinner for Dankworth and Prudence? Or maybe Debling, and this is to endear us to him, is like pointing something out, like a little piece of gossip to Penn. And they're like looking at it. Yeah. Um, her dress here, like she's like a little periwinkle moment. This is not a dress we recognize either, no. Yeah, this is new. Her little bows, her little hair. So yeah, so this is just yet another event that we are going to be seeing. This is new. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right, yellow, it could be somewhere in Featherington. I know you were like, you know, oh, like, they don't have money. Well, right, what's going on with, because they were presumably, they took back all of, like, what Jack took from the ton. The narrative that Portia, like, spun at the end of season two was, 
you know, oh, you left us high and dry, right? Like you, you went off with a ton's money, but that she actually has all that money. Mm-hmm. And even that, like, right, like, are we going to get Penn? Oh, a great, great, great aunt left us an inheritance, but it's like a lot of her whistle down funds. So maybe mm-hmm. that's not, maybe money won't be an issue. Um, we'll just have to see, but, you know. Yeah. What scam is Portia going to run this year? Yeah, yeah. So I love a scammer. Do you remember what Luke said? about dabbling yeah so luke during the panel he talked about how so i'm paraphrasing but he not that luke waxed on incessantly unfortunately but just like how like he like this is his biggest threat like he like there's that feeling threatened he lives on the fringes of society yeah because he's supposed to be like well remember he's supposed to be eccentric so So, like doing what is he fucking sweeney todd what is this guy long watch pop Oh. Oh, fuck this guy. He loves wildlife. He's a conservationist and he's a vegetarian. Might as well put him in a fucking greenhouse. What is this stealing characters? Wait, I'm dead because he's definitely not into taxidermy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, unless he conserves the animals by taking their skeletons and their bodies and embalming them. That is so fucking funny. I I'm love that so we're like, he probably murders and skins animals. And it's like, he's a vegetarian. He's never <laughs> even heard of Troy. Yeah, he's gay. He loves classical music. <laughs> There's many things that are interesting about him. <laughs> I'm so dead. Let's see. He lives on the French Society. He's after, and he's after a love match this season. So remember in the past, we were like, maybe he's, because he's like a little weirdo, but he has a title, yeah. right? So we know he needs an heir eventually. So this um, isn't a marriage of convenience for him. Like, he's choosing Penelope because he sees, like, a potential for a love match with her. Wow. That's okay. a big slay. And that's going to make it even more of an emotional decision for Colin to, like, ruin it. Yes, like, if, like, Dublin's, like, a her. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. But that um, means he'll be more settled with or, like, aware of his feelings before he proposes, hopefully, on, like, in the book. Okay, wait. So here... It says that, so Sam Phillips, when he's talking to our girl Valentina, he says that um, Lord Dubling is after someone who goes against the grain, someone who is a little bit of an outsider like him. Mm-hmm. And he spots Penelope. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, but that's actually, oh, and then Sam Phillips, he continues and says, I'll just read this. He's, Lord Dubling thinks that Penelope's special because she's sort of seen as an outsider too. Okay, wait, but if they have, that's something that they can bond over that Colin cannot bond over with Penn. <gasps> Not as he is now, but he can be like, you know, I felt like an outsider amongst my family and like. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> like, I know what you mean, you, but, but like, yeah, no, yeah, like, it's yeah, flimsy. He's, yeah, it's like, oh, did you? Okay. But no, so like, this is rough yeah. for Colin. This is rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh no. Good. This is what we wanted is for him to sweat. Like Dubbling is gonna be compelling. He's not gonna just be like a complete bozo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the fact he like he loves wildlife, he's a conservationist, he's a vegetarian. Okay, yeah, so those are his I like how in the synopsis it's like his eccentric interests and it's like he likes almond milk. <laughs> like that is fucking... so funny. But you're right, I guess in the 1800s, like, a vegetarian, they're like, the hell? Um, Bro. I could kiss yeah. this man on the lips. So, wow. Okay, and we know from looking at 
the link that this, the still of Devling and Penn, like together, is from episode three. So Carly and y'all's listening, episode three, Devling and her is still a thing. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's hopefully he's done by the end of episode three. Yeah, God, I, I hope keep so. saying by like part two, I need there to be like a new set of circumstances. Like I think yeah, in the first yeah. part, it's Colin and Penelope getting together, and then like in the second part, I want like whistle down business, and I want there to be like a dynamic duo. Uh, yeah, that'll be man. This is gonna be interesting. It looks like are they by like a little table or something? Because I you can see that his wine glass is like next to him mm-hmm. but he's not holding it maybe they're at the hers. refreshments like she used to do with colin no you're right she is at the refreshments because if you look behind pen's back you see There's a couple cups. cups yeah <gasps> oh my god and it's like doubling sta- like he's there at the refreshment table with pen it's like mm-hmm. how dare you st- how dare you stand where he stood a <laughs> <laughs> man who trusted you <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay wait also interesting that under the Devling pen photo, it says Penelope entertains a possible new suitor. So it's like, did he pop up like episode three? I mean, hopefully they just wrote it like that because well, that would episode be episode one. It seems like there's not going to be a like a, that's when pen flops. Yeah, so yeah. then it's going to take episode two for the suitors to be sought, mm, and then yeah. episode three for the suitors to kind of eh, I'm cooling on you, and then episode four the carriage dun 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 yeah yeah knock on wood yes that's exactly what we need though we need colin to sweat so threaten him make him swing i want to see a fight dude yes okay wait so quick thing for those who saw on instagram we did more like looking at we did more analysis of like the like the mini clip of them in the moonlight and you know i was like measuring the heights like the average height of horses and so that scene out in the moonlight you know one of the things that a question for the ages is where are they in that miniature clip and that moonlight still and i think our running theory now is it's possibly lady danbury's house what was the point of me even bringing that up oh no i had a point okay wait we're talking about Devlin. we're talking about colin we're talking about Oh, fuck. Carly. No! I lost my turn of thought. I literally, like, the, the brain cell died. Hey, guys. This is Rose in the editing room after the fact. The green haze has been lifted from my mind. I'm sharp between the ears again. The point I was trying to make here was that, for those who have seen on our Instagram, after we posted our last episode about the clips that came out on February 1st, Analyzing the midnight, nighttime miniature clip of the three seconds where we have Colin sort of approaching Penelope and she looks really upset. Colin's hair in that particular clip is more tousled than any other photo of Colin that we have from the leaks, from stills, from any other promo. His hair is always in place. Not a single hair is out of place. His gorgeous chestnut curls are always perfectly quaffed. That is the first time we see his jumbo trademark curl swirl is droopy. It's on his forehead. It's really low. We talked about in our last episode that it looked like there was a possible tear stain or streak on his left cheek. And upon reviewing 
that clip and those photos more closely, we could see in some of the frames, it looked like there was water on his collar, on his right side, or something maybe that splashed on his collar. So could it have been that Penelope looks so upset and Colin looks so disheveled because that bravado that has been hinted about in the season three synopses and different articles, however that comes out to play, if that's him being jealous, does he get into a fight with Debling or some suitor of Penn's? And she runs off because he's sabotaging her prospects, right? With someone that might actually marry her. So that was the point I tried to make. <laughs> In hindsight, I was able to make it. Yeah, I think super excited to see Colin sweat. Um, what else really from the panel? I think something cute that Nicola alluded to was that in the first two episodes that... They watched. So a lot of the cast went and saw in like a private, you know, screening watching the first two episodes. Adjua came up to her and said, like, this is for the wallflowers. Like th this was for the wallflowers, which is just really cute. Wondering like how that's going to come up. Let's see. Oh, other little tidbits from the panel before we like kind of move on and just discuss the rest of the stills is that Nick and Newt's. So they do send each other fan edits and they've recreated pictures mm -hmm. from before, like the last two years that they've worked together. Um, they've created new ones. So we're probably going to get some cute before and afters eventually. Um, let's see. Ah, so they, Nicola and Luke noticed things on social media and along with things in the book, things that fans would discuss on social media, they would propose to the showrunner. So that's really exciting to know like how much fan service was really done and how much like they made so many efforts to like really listen to us. Really excited to see how that plays out. Uh, there's an Easter egg in every episode. So every episode will have an Easter egg of Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. They're straddling this line between like, it's so much like the book and also like we remixed it, you know, and like changed uh -huh. it. They um, wrote fan fiction, but they dude, have a budget. But we know you read the fanfics, Nicola. Is that why you had a dark stormy line or storyline? Because we're angsty. Dark stormy Daniels line. You're done. Um, You're done. Hey, Carly, I kind of felt like when they talked about Benedict, like, free spirit, passionate, impulsive. It felt like- I was like, who does that sound like to you? I'm so dead. You know, one of the things, though, I, I felt like, for the most part, there were a lot of times where the moderator posed things to everybody, and people kept saying, spoilers, 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 so they couldn't say stuff. And I think that's one of the hard things about a panel like that, is, like, people had, you know, we talked about this, too, beforehand, that, like, there were so many interesting questions that people probably asked, but they all were responsive to things that would have told us like juicy tidbits that they're not ready to share yet about the show. So it felt like in mm -hmm. a way that was one of the biggest limitations of the panel is that they had certain things they were going to reveal to us today. Right. And um, obviously mm -hmm. we got amazing stuff with not just the stills, but the trailer or the not trailer, the clip that we got. Um, so they probably yeah. were like, we can't overly reveal today. We got, you know, a season we got promo ahead of us. Brewing. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you did you feel like there was too many people up there? Yeah. Mm. I felt like I wish how in the beginning it was just Bronwell and Shonda and mm. Julia, how they had a minute alone. I wish more time had been spent with just Nick and Luke alone. Yeah. Or, you know, just a few questions directly to them. The panel came out. I think it would have, you know, put more in my cup. But 
That would have been a good like way of pacing it too. Like, all right, come on out, like the rest of you guys, instead of them just sitting there, like kind of waiting. Yeah, because to me, it felt like you know, there's the people who it's their season, and then it's the ensemble cast, the supporting cast of characters. So in Cantonese season, the rest of the family was the cat, the ensemble. So this is Luke and Nicholas season. I wish they would have had a second to have it be their season and then the ensemble come out. But I know it's an ensemble show. So, like, I think that's, like, it's hard. Yes. Uh, I will say, though, and I won't dwell on it too much. I, like, you wouldn't think that this was Colin's season. This was Colin's book from how, From the amount that, yeah. yeah. And I think that clearly seems to be their intentional choice. Yeah. We really see it. We're like having someone like Lady Whistledown, who is a fan favorite, who like moves so, like the plot line so much of the whole series and the you know the ton. It feels like they're really trying to not just promo like this is Colin, this is like Luke. Like they're trying to really lift up everybody at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's because like people liked Colin, but like I don't. I don't think he was, he's not, like, a fan favorite the way that, like... Yeah. And, and you know, I'm he not trying like to, a, you know... In season one, he had more of a role. Season yes. two, I don't think he was, like, a standout character. And I think he gave a little bit of villain energy in the last five minutes. Yes, exactly. Not so, like, villain, yeah. but he did something that, to me, is villainous. <laughs> yeah, it was... How yeah. dare you? He was being a little meanie. So, yeah, exactly. I think that's how the marketing has been framed, is, like, they're not just gonna, you know prop up Colin it's the whole ensemble like everybody which is fine I just it would have been nice to get one question from the Bridgerton sibling who it's their turn like tell us a little bit more about your journey you know how are you feeling about Colin yes like how are you feeling coming out but you know what maybe not to give them like too much you know but to be fair maybe they knew if we got a question like how's Colin feeling coming back from the ton or, you know, coming back to the town after traveling. What we see from the clip that we got at the end gives us an idea of some things in Colin's state of mind. So maybe that was on purpose. Like, you're, y'all are going to get context. It's not going to be Luke saying it, but you're going to get it just, like, you know, wait until the end of the panel. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But we obviously feel nervy because we would like to see a bit more focus on Colin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think honestly, like the panel really was like it didn't gag us the way that the stills and the teaser clipped it. Yeah, it was the a lot. Stills, hey, no matter what, like I do wish a little bit more from the panel, or I was hoping for a little bit more from the panel. These fucking stills, I'm good. So we were gifted some stills. Thank fucking god. <gasps> um, it really aided the panel dude francesca looks like a young okay so we're gonna look at the francesca and violet still first that's episode one so they're sitting in bridgerton drawing room right yeah they're sitting in bridgerton drawing room they're wearing their like day dresses Mm -hmm. um it looks like there is a set of papers in francesca's hand it Mm -hmm. doesn't look like a whistle down Mm -mm. so nor does it really look like a letter yeah, so maybe she... Oh, you know what? Maybe it's music sheets. <gasps> Wait! That makes sense. I'm gonna turn upside down. Bitch, you're right. It is music sheets. I see notes. You are so smart. Yeah. 
so oh. it's music sheets so maybe she was going through them and then violet was like come sit with me let's talk about your season and blah 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 okay yeah so it's very early on like you said carly we can clearly see that it's music notes here but she looks so young to me and you guys hannah dodds is so so gorgeous i've seen her in person i've never spoken to her and i never will <laughs> but she is so gorgeous and she looks so pretty here but she looks so so young to me like for a second i thought she was florence and i was like oh my god wait mm. and i had to look at it her um, skin's dewy dewy as fuck fresh as a baby's bottom that skin yeah. um can't relate 23 and wrinkling but don't worry about me no um, you're not you have a baby face you have a cute little i baby have a face. baby face with fucking fine lines bitch yeah they're fine elegant exquisite <laughs> yeah it looks like violet is like kind of preaching to her a little bit it looks like she's just sitting there like taking it she's not really like mm-hmm. actually listening she kind of has like an okay mom look on her face um and that especially makes it feel like she was in the middle of doing something then violet was like come 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 and like tapped the chair <laughs> like violet's like how about you put that stuff down and try to get married like she's like mm-hmm. enough with the prodigy stuff like oh, okay enough with the peony you gotta you gotta get out of here you gotta get married you gotta get matched um so she's but kind piano of, is know. such a sought after talent in, on the marriage mart dude so maybe true. she's like choose the harder song what um, the fuck are you doing i'm dead yeah that's so funny yeah so she can like <laughs> stunt on all the other going on. on all the other hoes yeah um, but yeah, it just looks like a normal tea. There's a beautiful arrangement of flowers, which would cost a layperson like a thousand dollars today. Hey, I have they a question for gorge. you. Do yeah. we see a little brooch that looks like feathers in Violet's little head? And also, I, I don't know why I get the vibe that her dresses this season look additionally mature. I don't know why I think that. Like they put her titties away. Yeah. And it's like these, like, what is that? Like a, a coat dress mm-hmm. kind of thing over it? Yeah, but it's not dissimilar to other dresses we were seeing yes. in these stills. Yes. Is the thing. But mostly from motherly figures. It's similar to Alice's, you know, overcoat. Mm, yes. Um, so I think it is more of like a matronly style garment. Usually Violet's titties are still busting out of it. Right. But this season, alas, they are not. Yeah. Because they had to make sure Penn is the only titties. <laughs> which we will talk about that still in a second. Because Holy I know better shit. than a man and I am a looking. No, dude, seriously. Anyway. Okay, so then the next still, the Featherington, like, couples still. We can see that this is episode one. Wait, isn't that in their gardens? Is that their gardens? I don't know if it's their gardens. It's a garden. But... It looks like the gardens where... Colin announced that he was engaged to yeah. Marina. She's giving that same stank face. Dude, she's Maybe. fifth wheeling. She's a fifth wheel. Yeah. She's a fifth wheel. We have Dankworth with Prudence already during Pe- Penelope's yellow era. So maybe... Dankworth shows up with the Featheringtons. Maybe he's from the countryside and maybe that's why he's a little bit simple. And then we have Archie's king and queen, <laughs> Mr. Albion Finch. Madame and- Fromage. And Monsieur yes, Fromage. And- <laughs> yes, and Madame Fromage. Count uh, Queso. Philippa. Yeah, Philippa and Albion. The Finchies, mm-hmm. the Binchies. Yeah, and honestly looks great. She's kind of serving cunt. Yeah. <laughs> like a little bit. Low-key. <laughs> I like her sweater. Like, maybe not the fringe at the top, but, like, I like it. It's like a knit sweater. 
Dude, and her hair, that swirl wave, her, Portia, and Colin, all this season go to the same hairdresser who gives them that tsunami. Same girl. (laughs) So Penn's dress, that's a recycled dress from season one. Actually, where she's whispering after she finds out that Marina's pregnant and she whispers to Eloise, like, you know, uh, there's a maid in my house. Like, she's pregnant. She's not married. It's that same dress when they're like all close. So that's kind of fun seeing them uh, reuse the little dress. Obviously, this is pre-glow up. Maybe um, they're like on a promenade or something mm. where there's like a garden party. Poor Penn. No wonder Nicola's been talking about how Penn's like, I got to get out of here. Like, I got to. Because mm-hmm. now, yeah, now with Prue done. And I'll make another point later on. But uh, I do also want us to point to. Guys, this sill of the two, you know, Featherington couples. Notice Dankworth's watch fob. It's almost to his knee. It's got multiple knobs on it. I'm not going to say anything else, but if y'all listened to our last episode, you know what they say about the length of a man's watch fob. So, Prue Prue. <laughs> I was thinking that. It's long. I was long. literally thinking that. It's like he's like peacocking with that. Like, that's a gauntlet he's got <laughs> hanging off of him. So, his brain may yeah. be small, but... His heart's big. His so. song is long. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, you don't want to say it. I'll say it. You don't want to say it. I'll say it. No. Yeah, you're right. Long. You heard it here first, folks. So that's okay. our major predictions is that Colin and Danky are both packing this season. We said <laughs> it first. Um, we said it for Hey. No, Colin is canonically canned up. <laughs> <laughs> It's a third, it's a kickstand if he just like kind of leans forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, maybe is this like, why is Penn making a stink face? What is she looking at? Who has caught her attention in this way? True, is true. She's seeing the Bridgertons for the first time. Are we going to get a pen? And then she turns around and walks away. Like, what's going on? I'm excited. I don't really have any theories besides that, that Penn's looking at something she's not loving. Yeah. But, you know, it could be the Bridgertons, it could be her mom talking to an old man trying to set her up. It could be, you know, Cressida. It could be whatever. But she's looking at something. Those walls of hedges. Yeah, the wall of hedges, dude. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Nicola is glowing because she is so pale. Yeah, she's Her Irish skin is milky and luminescent. Yeah. (laughs) I know. She's a little little thing of cream. She's gorgine. Okay. I mean, I feel like... In this article, I, I feel like Bessie Carter and Harriet Kane's like discussing Prudence and Philippa. It's not really adding like too much, I think, in terms of like interesting substance for Colin and Penn's storyline. Um, mm-hmm. It does. It does seem like you know here Bessie does say that Prudence like sort of loses Penelope because she's you know becoming stronger, more vocal. Which I don't think Prudence is a good sister to Penelope, so I'm like, like yeah, I don't like her I, sisters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that's what she meant, though, because she was talking about how she wants someone to boss around. And then that's when she said she lost Philippa. She didn't lose her as, like, a confidant or a friend. She mm. lost her as someone to boss around. And now she's losing Penelope, as in she's not being able to boss Penelope around as much because Penelope's, like, growing a backbone. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. And then with Philippa, it's like she's kind of just chilling, which is, she's like, a, a little yeah, deal. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Right. Good for her. Um, Eat your cheese, bitch. Moving along. Yeah, so we have Al going first. We have Franny behind Violet looking off. Who's she looking at? Is that John winking at her? Who knows? But yeah, so this is episode episode two because it's the Osterly Ball. Seems to me reminiscent of her debut. You have her whole family backing her. You have Colin directly over her shoulder. You have 
violent on the other side you see ben in the very back interesting her going first yeah it i feel like it's very like it's, let's get this over with yeah it feels like a let's get this over with but like also like i'm ready to you know face this antony and kate because we don't see them in the background but they should be there yes she is the one we see in the front so i kind of want to say i think this is the first i think this is the austerly ball the one where we have the still of pen and colin standing really really close to each other because if you notice eloise's bun here she has like this like wispy like kind of thin white silvery like thing in her hair and mm-hmm. in the like July of 2022 video where it's like Bridgerton season three filming has officially begun. Eloise is wearing that same hairpiece. And Colin's outfit and his hair. Oh my god, is this that it's the Austin ball from yes. the fucking carriage when they get in the carriage and that yes promo? Yeah, so this oh is the god, I think this is the Austin so ball. Fucking hot. So who knows? Is this gonna be Violet Bridgerton's birthday ball? I don't know. Like we you know, we know because they wouldn't be walking in. It would be at her house. Unless they like held it elsewhere. But yeah, you're right. They do people they hold parties elsewhere. People. I think they may, like I, it's still usually their properties, I believe. Um, yeah, no. Who, but yeah, they would be the ones they would be the ones greeting people unless there's no one inside already and they're just getting there. Yeah, so who knows? But yeah, this is the but first. That wouldn't really make sense to why Eloise is serving. So that's really cute. At least we know by this still. Or later on that night, Colin is helping Penn with her suitors. So that's the thing too, right? That's what's so convenient about Will being titled, him and Alice being at all these balls, is it does give Eloise someone to hang out with in Alice. So she's not permanently like cock-blocking Penn and Call, and she's occupied while those two are like falling in, you know, in love and talking and stuff. So... Thank you, Alice, for taking one for the team and hanging out yes, with Eloise. Thank you for giving us plot. Yes. Thank you for helping us, you know, have somewhere to write Eloise into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, to bring it back to, so discussing the still of Colin, Benedict, and Will at, like, you know, at Montrich's club. But this picture, this is when I hung up on you. When this picture came up. Because you, you reacted to it. And you're like, oh my god. And some they were, like, still introducing it on mine. And I was like, yeah, that's Rose, rough. I literally, like, was like, hey, Rose, babe, this is not serving us. So I think I'm gonna, like, hang up. So you glad like, you said yeah. that, though. It was, the, it was the choice so that we could, like, actually yeah. watch and focus. Okay, so what do we see here? So we have, and the still we're talking about now, y'all, and obviously all of these stills will have photos and we'll link um, below. Who are they with? Why are there four drinks? Exactly, yeah. So they have four drinks in front of them. Who else are they with? This still is from episode six. And we even can tell, like, the drinks are varying lengths. So whoever is, like, at six o'clock, <laughs> drank the most of their drinks been sipping so yeah is it Anthony? is it murray this club looks way darker than i think when we see it at the end of season two when like colin brings all the guys and he's like mm-hmm. you know oh he, like you have a bunch of business it's way more lit like this looks i would <gasps> okay wait what if this is colin and ben and like who knows who else are like we gotta celebrate colin's bachelor party God, I hope. Which would mean... Because then we'll have Wedding Night by Epset. Wait, if this is Colin's bachelor party, do we have Harry Dankworth and Elby and Finch as the two other people drinking the glasses? I mean, you'd think Antony would be I at his own brother's thing. fucking money to see at least Finch there. 
and they're like wasted and being goofy and like the two yeah. brothers so wow is ant even if this is his bachelor party his little stag party there's only four glasses like where's ant or who's the other one right maybe like, someone's grabbing another glass i don't know <laughs> only so <laughs> many sheets at a table empty chairs and empty tables yeah Where's so um <laughs> dude and they're at Mondrich's after hours and they're having little drinks it's like a strip club and then that's where ben meets ambrosia when that ambrosia like has skyrocketed I don't think so I many bitches it, blood yeah. for, for sure Mondrich's club well colin is fucking untied so they must be somewhere where he is letting his freak flag fly because his fucking neck is out like a dirty whore ben is if ben still has his fucking shirt on and colin's untucked this is shocking to me sexy little keyboard elf here oh my goodness he's, a keyboard elf he is fine he's fine as hell dude and yes this so we're getting more remember guys we talked about in the last episode we're getting more slutty white shirt that's open. Guys, I'm his so happy! Like, gauzy. His is so much more see-through and less structured than Ben's. He's if there was, slut. yeah. If there's even fog or, like, a mist in the air, this is gonna be He's transparent. percent <laughs> see-through. Sees the nipples. It's saran wrap. Instantly, yeah. y'all. Instantly saran wrap. Um, He looks so... Oh! I... I want it to be like Colin's like, oh, you should join us. And then it be- builds like a rapport with Will. Oh, Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I want Will to be invited into the group. Ah, to be friends with them. Like, not just to, yeah. barkeep, like customer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want him to have been at the bar and these guys show up and he comes to sit down. I want him to be, like, invited from the get. I will say that this is really where it doesn't feel like that's Colin, the little brother with Ben. They really look like man and man here. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Ben looks Ugh. different to me. Ben yeah. looks different to me. He looks like he is doing Antony cosplay. Usually Ben is like a little whore. Like Ben is usually more like flowy and like artsy fartsy and, you know, open shirt, open collar. I would way more expect him to be cravatless in the bar than Colin. But here, he is still buttoned up all the way. The only thing he's taken off is his, you know, coat. His his waistcoat is still buttoned up to the top. His cravat is tight and, like, pristine. This is not what I would expect of him. Wait, so you mentioned Anthony cosplay. That was one of the other things that Luke Thompson did talk about when it came to Benedict. He's taking on responsibilities that Anthony used to have. He can step into quite a few roles you know, but what exactly, um, how does that benefit him? So, yeah, you say that he's doing an Anthony cosplay. I mean, yeah, maybe he's, like, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's being, like, uh, <laughs> like the interim Viscount when, I guess, like, Anthony's, yeah. like, bollocks deep in Kate. Um, yeah, he's the spare, babe. He's the spare. Yeah, it's bitch. You got the heir and the spare, and then the fucking third who gets to do whatever. Yeah. Ah, the other still to discuss that we had it before is... Queen Charlotte, Brimsley, Lady Danbury, and, like, her ladies-in-waiting. I don't want to discuss this still too much because I feel like so much was... Queen Charlotte monopolized so much today that it was... I mean, you know, I... Yeah, it was a lot. Um, She looks great. She's in lavender. Her hair looks incredible. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the first like ball of the season? And that's why Lee Danbury has her little chair there. And you know, mm-hmm. let's see what. Yeah, this is also from episode one. So this more than likely is Lady Danbury's first ball of the year. And we got Queen Charlotte observing, right? She's bored looking for a new diamond. So I think that's really it, though, because I feel like... Yeah, one of the many amazing interviews that Kat Quinn did today was with Golda and Adjua. And there, Golda, as Queen Charlotte, discussed that between the Queen and Lady Whistledown, that rivalry is going to continue but that they get very close. Their spaces are a little bit closer. So she said they get very close indeed, which really seems to lend credence to this idea of Penelope is the diamond, the emerald, the pearl, the sapphire, what have you. And in some way, shape or form, the queen is going to take a deeper interest into her, which similar to the synopsis explains why it's going to be even harder for Penelope to be Lady Whistledown and to write about the Queen and have this rivalry when she's right under the Queen's bobbled, bejeweled thumb. Adjoa discusses that Lady Danbury loves the self-starterness, the brightness, and wittiness of Penelope. She sees this young woman making choices for her own life because nobody's going to make choices for her, and that that love and encouragement love and encouragement that Lady Danbury feels for Penelope. She wants to boost in there whenever she can. So just like in Romance Mr. Bridgerton, it looks like Adjua has given us these clues and crumbs that she will play a role in being a hype woman for Penelope, ideally being one of Pollen's biggest shippers. And who knows, she might just do enough work to earn herself as the namesake for Colin and Penelope's baby, Agatha, like in the book. So yeah, other than that, which again, that wasn't in the panel, that was Kat Quinn giving us that juicy multifaceted answer that Golda and Adjua had about sort of their respective relationships that their characters have with Penelope. That's really all we got when it comes to them at this point. One more still. And then we have the episodes to discuss. So, um, you guys, this, this made me squeal. I squeal. This is everything. Okay, so a few things. That, like, minute clip or whatever that we got, uh, what was it, like, February 1st, where it says that his eyes are a Marco shade of blue. This is that same scene. Oh my fucking god. And she's the wearing same. the same gauze around her neck. The same gauze, exactly his same like little gray. So, so so they must have still had time alone together after the voices were heard in the hallway because during the your eyes are the most remarkable. <gasps> his hand was fine. His hand was fine. So yes, bitch. He, when he walks away, he's either going to tell the people in the hallway to fuck off or to shut the door. I think he's going to go to the curtain rod. He's going to, like, rip it out of the wall. And he's going to put it, like, through. He's going to loop it through the doorknobs. <laughs> so <laughs> they're locked in there. No one can come in and ruin this moment. Exactly. Uh, when, you know what? I think you got it. <laughs> yes, bitch. Okay. You see, guys, this is why Shonda hates our guts. Because Carly and I are just dropping all these storylines. Hold on. I got to crack this ice cold LaCroix. Um, to combat this cotton mouth. So, okay, yeah, so this is from the same scene where Penn flusters Colin. And so we see here, this is the letter opener. So we see Colin's hand is injured. This mm-hmm. is the letter opener scene where it's going to get cut. So one thing is that, what are what has she got there? It, it's not a cravat. 
it's a handkerchief. It's a white handkerchief or some kind of like bandage looking thing. In Romance of Mr. Bridgerton, he has to like rummage through his pockets to find a handkerchief. So right there, we know that that's probably what's going to happen is, you know, they don't want to get blood on the couch or on the carpet or whatever. He sits down. He's like, uh, just, just, you know, it's in one of my pockets, right? It's in my crotch pocket in the front. <laughs> it's an internal pocket in my underwear, in my drawers. And <laughs> she has to, you know, rummage and ruffle through his junk to find it. She pulls it out, and this is when he's going to have that moment where he's looking into her big, round eyes. And <laughs> that's also, that's something that, like, we got to give a moment to, guys, is in this scene, right? So we have Colin and Penn from that clip that we have. They're in the drawing room. We have a large, white, erect candle, which is, again, a foreshadowing of how Colin's feeling right now. How... Is this man not staring at her boobs? I mean, no wonder he doesn't see her as a friend anymore. Those puppies are right in his face. Holy he cannoli. Should be up. <laughs> he definitely is, dude. He should be absolutely like his hand is no longer bleeding because the blood is just rushing to his wiener. I'm done. That's what really cures the gash. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, that's, that's the best thing you said ever yeah and that's like no stitches necessary anymore it's fine <laughs> immediately clots. I, I don't know how he's looking in her eyes because i'm looking straight at her titties you know his like one of his eyes like started to like get like a little lazy yeah exactly <laughs> or like that spongebob where it's like his eyes are like looking at two different things that meme so okay when you have titties this like eye level with you, uh, yeah. Are, oh my god, no, dude, they're literally they the look they're popping. They're perfect. And this Holy is just like shit. this is okay. One, this is a jealousy thing because I would love for my titties to sit like that. Number two, this is a gay <laughs> thing because I would love to sit on those titties. You know. Wait. So speaking of that, imagine if Colin in this moment he's like, "Oops," and he just falls forward. He's gonna face plant in those pillows. Yep. He could, he's literally within motor boating distance of this bitch. They're so close. Uh, and she's got that little gauze, like that little like bow, that little present, because she's ready he's to be so unwrapped. Hiding, yeah. He's hiding, and it's so near. I'm dead. So you know how every season we get moments where the Bridgerton sibling are like thirsting or they're like really like eyeing, you know, the object of their affection, you know, the person mm-hmm, of their affection, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So with Daphne... We got the spoon where Simon's licking it. We got him boxing and like looking all hot and like ripple. With Anthony, we have that when Kate went hunting, she picked up her gown to like walk over a log and I literally like flashed her puss. Literally, like her labia menorah was popping. That and her like upper thigh, Anthony got an eye full of. And that, along with of course her scent, because you know, he's all sensory and ABO coded. Um, that is how he thirsted guys really curious if like are we gonna have colin have a thirst moment where the camera's gonna be behind his head like it's gonna be like his pov and he's gonna be looking at pen's cleavage while she's trying to like wipe his hand (laughs) i just because think about it if he has to look because it's one thing that he's looking at her face right now if his eyes have to go back down towards his hand, mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. is Boobville. Mm-hmm. Like he has to make a, he has to pass by Tiddyland to get back to his hand. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. he's set up for failure. There's he's no fucked. way he's. <laughs> this guy's. Hey, this guy's fucked. He's probably like, thank God you're a spinster because I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to take you to my yeah, room and is, do horrible things. Nah, this is like episode like this is their first lesson too, or like we are not yes. in the lessons here, dog. 
Because she is still visibly uncomfortable around him. Yeah. It's also like, okay, so we see here that her her right hand is over his, um, right, like dabbing, and then her left hand is holding his hand. So she's holding his hand in both of hers. I mean, like, and there's so much... (gasps) The size difference of her little paws upon his. Wait. She's not wearing her gloves. Shut the fuck up. She's not wearing her gloves. She has little gauzy ones when we see the clip where, like, he drinks the lemon and stuff. They're gone. That is the first... Bear skin. Bear back. I, like, to believe that if Penn was able to just hold his eye contact, they would literally never break eye contact and they'd just start making out. Like, I think if Penn doesn't look (laughs) away, he's gonna, like, get the message real quick. So right now we got some intense eye contact... Let's keep yeah. this in our heads. Let's see who breaks it first when we watch this scene come May 16th. Yeah. Yeah. But this, but also, not only that, I think most of the instances where we see them touching, it's Colin reaching out and touching her. So is this the first time where Penn has initiated skin-to-skin contact, especially with hands? <laughs> Barebacking. <laughs> Barebacking hands with Colin. No glove, no love. Yes, right. exactly. You're Dip right. the glove. Me and you, be real. Dip the glove. This is early. She's so basically what... naked. No gloves oh. on. I mean, and I'm like, I mean, and he's hard undressing her with his eyes. I mean, he's like those boobs. First of all, 70% of her titties are out right now. That last 30, he's already like x-ray vision imagining it. <laughs> he's so fucked, guys. It's amazing. Um, One other thing I just do want to bring up about this still is because we know this is the same scene as the clip, right? Where, you know, his remarkable eyes or whatever, that we also know that that means that in that clip where, right, this is the same clip with the remarkable shade of blue with the lemonade. That was like a really tense moment. And I think I originally thought that, oh, okay, so that's like confidence lesson one. That's the first, like, in maybe that lesson one. And they're like, It'll carry on like normal. And then the next day will be a new conference lesson, right? That'll slowly build and build and build. Uh-huh. But no, if we're getting him thirsting this for tension. her, this tension, him seeing her titties and her eyes all close, she's holding his hand, his hand is getting cut, doably is reading the journal. Everything is escalating really quickly between them. And, and this seemingly now after today we know or believe is after she's told him she knows what he said because that is going to happen at the first ball because they're at lady danbury's house yeah one other thing and then yeah you're right i think we can go to the the, um clip like the teaser clip that we have is that in romance mr bridgerton colin like goes to the bathroom and is like on the chamber pot like doing his thing and that is why penelope has a moment alone where she's in the drawing room and she stumbles upon Colin's journal with his travel writings and then you know he gets mm-hmm. upset when he walks in and catches her reading it like you know he gets upset and cuts his hand letter opener what if that moment where he hears Francesca and Eloise talking outside of the drawing room and we see from the clip that we got like last week or two weeks ago we see him like rush and leave what if that's him diverting Elle and Francesca or if it's not the drawing room it could be that this is in Colin's bedroom and that Francesca and Eloise being in the hallway was Colin's way of sort of ushering Penelope out of the room so that they had more privacy because he's not thinking straight about the implications of what he wants to do. And so 
he takes her to his bedroom. Because we at least know from season one, with the limited shots of Colin's actual bedroom that we have, we do at least have the scene where Daphne goes to see Colin in his room, and he's really upset. I know, guys. I know. We're almost done talking about Marina and any relevance that she has, but Daphne goes and hears about how, oh, Colin compares himself to the Greek hero you know, Lysander, who ends up actually drowning and probably isn't the best person for Colin to compare himself to. But we can see from those shots where Colin's like at his desk and he's looking at his little maps because he was just an aspiring solo travel girly at the time that the relief or moldings or designs on the walls, like the greenish walls and like the circles, they look really similar to the upper left corner of the still that we have of Colin and Penny here, where it looks like it's the same wall. It could be the same rug in the corner of Colin's bedroom. So the implications here are that if he didn't just lock the door or somehow shoo Eloise and Francesca away to make sure that they didn't enter the drawing room and they didn't interrupt the confidence lesson, is that Colin took Penelope and him to his bedroom, presumably closed the door, and who knows, maybe he ushered her in there, and then after that, he... He made sure that Al and Fran weren't going to come into his bedroom. And in doing so, left Penelope alone with his journal. And that's how he gets the cut. But it's just, he's so close to understanding what he's doing. I'm surprised that he didn't just tell Pen, uh-oh, we need to hide from Al and Fran. Let's get under the covers together in my bed so they can't see us. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the second running theory if it's not the Bridgerton drawing room, which is even more hilarious and even more rife and ripe for something scandalous and tension-filled. And in that moment, while he's gone, Penelope's like, obviously, you know, she's feeling all hot and bothered herself. And she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got the vapors. I got to walk around a little bit. Just walk this off. Like, I'm all aroused. And and then that's how Colin has a moment where he can come back into the room and catch her red-handed. And show a little range. Let's see a little range. <laughs> a little Let's range. A little anger. Little range. Let's see a little injury. Let's see a little hurt comfort. Um, yeah. I'd like to see the range, please. I'd like to see the range, please. Oh, I'm on the range. Okay, so we have the tease. Okay, wait. I'm literally going to send you uh, the wait, gold mine. The gold mine. Uh, go to your DMs. Mm-hmm. This is just from today, but like it's the Shondaland official article with the oh, with the side. video, with the clips, <gasps> with the stills. And who's it by? Valentina Valentini! Who's it by, bitch? Who's it by? It's So not only is it Valentina Valentini, but she wrote this on Valentine's Day. And for those of you who don't know, Valentina Valentini, who is the senior contributor to Shondaland, currently follows your girls between the scandal sheets on Instagram. So how are we (laughs) handling the fame? Cease and desist from HR. (laughs) I don't know, guys. Well, wait, why? She's inviting us to the premiere. Yeah, she's actually, she's going to drive us across the ocean. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, Valentina, if you're listening, because we now know that you know we exist. You're actually you our biggest us, fan. Literally follow. Yeah, exactly. So, like we said, the panel kind of, we got some good juicy tidbits, but the panel left a lot to be desired. It was sad. It was only really like an hour. But the stills were incredible and did so much for us. But this teaser clip changed the game. I mean, we are... Pollen season is here. 
This is incredible promo. Carly and I, we can go like line by line, but basically, yeah, this is, this looks like it is, it's at Lady Danbury's house. So probably the first ball of the year and Colin and Penelope are finally talking. So it looks like she probably was giving him that cold shoulder that we know about from Mm -hmm. the synopsis. And yeah. So I'm hoping he was chasing her down all night because I don't think she would like be like, oh, the first time I get a chance to talk to him, I'm going to tell him I heard what he said. Like, that doesn't seem in character for me. I think she's been, like, giving him the cold shoulder and trying to ignore him. And he's been, like, trying to, like, oh, you know, get stand beside her so they could, like, chat like they used to. And she's, like, ignoring him and from the top. So she, he's, like, probably chased her out there. She hits him with a good night, Mr. Bridgerton, and tries to turn away. Mr. Bridgerton? We touched on that briefly, but good night, Mr. Bridgerton. Oh. Okay. A thousand so fan fictions have come true. Oh my god. Yeah, the girlies were punching the fucking air. Like, <laughs> Mr. Bridgerton. Like, we got it. We got it. You because, guys, at least one. Because, so we know that he's, she's calling him Mr. Bridgerton. He's calling her Pen. I mean, yeah. the separation, the wall that she's putting up between them is there so she is already in my opinion visibly pissed at this man because he's been like i don't know trying to talk to her she says good night mr bridgerton and turns away to leave he says do you not need a chaperone okay play on uh, berkeley square which makes me a little sad because i do want berkeley square but that doesn't mean we won't get it where he's asking if she has a maid with her to chaperone her walk to tea at bridgerton house so it's like okay Mm -hmm. little play we have Penn saying, spinsters do not do chaperones. Colin says, you are not a spinster. Penn calling herself a spinster at 19 is, it's a different impact yeah. than her calling herself a spinster in Romance of Mr. Bridgerton, where she was at peace with the fact that she was mm-hmm. 28 and a spinster, right? Like she was on the shelf for a hot minute, like over a decade being on the market. It's, you mm-hmm. know, the marriage mart. It is what it is. This is only her third season. Like, yeah, to be this fair, is, yeah, yeah, this like, is 19 year old Penn. Yeah, this is she's 19 years old. People like, you know, people like Cressida still presumably like they're not married either. Who who's saying that, right? Is that Portia in her head? In her, yeah, there's someone mm-hmm. in her ear whether it's Portia being like, "Oh, all your sisters have a man now," or it's like um Cressida, Cressida say, like words of venom or just like something she overhears as Lady Whistledown. I don't think these are her own words calling herself a spinster out of the blue. I think yeah. this is like regurgitated of something that's been used. been said against her unfortunately and that is so sad for my girl she's trying so hard she's like in her new dress at the first ball hoping this is her season which is probably why she can dress the way that she is because we see her here in a gorgeous emerald jewel tone i mean it's literally like dreams come true is Mm -hmm. to have because any ginger in green is just scrumdilliumptious and she looks she looks like midnight dark moody vampirous like fiona from shrek just bitch beautiful yeah it obviously didn't work out for her so when colin says like you were not a spinster and he with a little smiles, smirk like, with a stupid little fucking smirk on his face yeah he's like you're you know you're being silly you're being goofy in response to him ca- not calling her a spinster right or saying like oh you're not a spinster she says i'm in my third year on the marriage mart with no prospects to show for it what would you call that i find it interesting that like that's her refuting him saying like you're not a spinster and here he's like is something wrong, Pen? Between us, I mean, dude, she's talking about her prospects, and you. This is literally like Marina said, "You care for me," but yeah. she never oh, said no. that. Like, oh no, between us, between <laughs> us, 
Like, he just changed the subject, but I think maybe it's because of, like, the stank of, like, her face and the way she said it. He was just, I mean, he correctly was feeling how she's furious with him and she's getting those vibes. I think this also probably... uh, We we also said we're assuming that she has ignored him all night. For sure. So this is finally Colin being like, are we okay? What's going on here? So he's finally getting to ask her that. Like you said, you know, we're presuming that he was ignored, given the cold shoulder all night, couldn't, like, talk to her. Then Colin says, I wrote to you this summer, as I always do, and you did not respond. Admittedly, very few did. <gasps> okay, so like the fan fiction said. Like, like the, the fan fiction foretold. Yes. Not only did she call him Mr. Bridgerton, but she left his ass on red all Good season, y'all. Her. Yes. So what's our vote? What's our vote? In a shoebox under her bed or burn? Mm, maybe under the floorboards. Floorboards. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, floorboards. Yeah. Well, she learned that that hiding spot's not a very good one, but we'll see if she continues to utilize it. <laughs> yeah. She digs a moat in front of her door so Eloise doesn't come in again. Yeah. Yeah. Also find it interesting that he says, admittedly, very few responded to him. Dude, so his whole family left him on red too. So he was like really isolated. He was really siloed. Uh, yeah, I was about to everyone. say, yeah. Again, he said, I wrote to you this summer as I always do. But admittedly, you know, very few did. And then he says, if you're going to make me say it out loud. But he says it all like flipping. He's like, if you're going to make me say it out loud, I miss you. I miss. Hey, not missed. Not no D at the end there. Miss. M-I-S-S. Actively currently missing. I miss you. So even when they're in the town, even when he sees her at the ball, and admittedly it's only taken one ball for him to try and get to the bottom of this. He actively misses her. He says, I miss you. And he says it with a stupid little smirk on his face. Like he just dropped the line of the century. He's like, this well, is gonna hit. Well, okay. wait, the way that you're you're kind of like, yeah, there's something that felt like a little smirky, smarmy, a little too confident. The sentence, if you are going to make me say it out loud. I was like that. Yeah, like bitch yes like i literally like who the fuck are you that's not the colin we know I, yeah i've never met this man in my life like oh you make me sit out loud first of all bitch this is the 1800s and y'all are british as fuck you guys don't like <laughs> you're not very confrontational people you don't really say things out loud ever so like wh- why are you like acting like she's you know twisting your arm for you to oh, admit your feelings for her literally was, like i want to know like what the took thoughts in his head were like, oh, if you're going to make me say it out loud, like, what? Does that mean you wrote it? You wrote that you miss her? Is that in the letter she didn't read? Oh, my God, bitch. No, that's actually, damn. That really could be. <gasps> damn, bitch. That- you cracked the case. Yeah, but he says it like he's dropping the fucking line of a century. I'm like, why are you dropping, like, a flirt line with your friend? Like, that was not, like, I meant, like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. Like, I really missed you. That was, like, I miss you. Like, No, you're what? right. It's, or it's almost like him being like, if you're going to make me say it, it's like, do you feel like your pride is too big that like you can't say, like, you can't express your feelings to your friend? Yeah, but it wasn't like he was like, don't make me say it. Like, please, like, don't make me say it. He was like, oh, if you're going to make me say it. Like, he <gasps> no, yes. her. He, it was not pulled out of him. She didn't want to talk to him at fucking all. So he's like saying this like, oh, it's just a way for him to say it. He just wants to tell her he missed her, but he's being a little fucking douche. But he him being like, if you're going to make me say it out loud, it almost feels though like, is that him thinking like that's what she wants from him? Like she she wants to hear him say it. I just, it's a very presumptuous way that he said this line. 
that took me the fuck out. It sent me, and I'm not okay. I'm still here for it, but like, I was yeah. Like, what is this? Also, the way I throbbed when he said, I miss you. Oh. And then she goes, You miss me, but you would never court me. Is that correct? She said, Here are your words. Is that correct? Yeah. So he he finds out probably, you know what? This is probably episode one at the end or something, or who knows, or like near the end, because the way that she like drops the mic and walks away like to the carriage, but yeah, so she she tells him right away. She tells him as soon as he's back and they finally talk. Mm-hmm. As soon as as soon as he's able to corner her, as yep. it seems in my opinion. But yeah, so she she hits him with a "You miss me, but you would never court me." Is that correct? And then he hits a pen. I cut him off. I overheard you at my mama's last ball at my mama's ball last season, telling everyone how you would never ever court Penelope Featherington. So he, gag he, me. Yeah. I'm he, gagged. She drops that bombshell and then a couple people walk by. And I actually think the man that is walking by with like the curly brown hair, I think that might be one of the men who was actually in the circle when he said the yeah. line uh, last season at, you know, the Featherington Ball in episode yeah. eight, which is like wild. So then Colin says, perhaps we should go somewhere more private, right? Because like people are walking by and they're having like this conversation. Oh my God. Yeah, literally. His, his ass is getting handed to him and shredded up. Dude, no. But the way that Colin tried to have her come with me and she was like, you're not going to make me come for another six episodes. I'm not going anywhere with you. And then this breaks my heart when she, this is like honestly fan fiction come to life because the way she's like, she interprets him saying, let's go elsewhere to talk as what she tells him is, Oh, because I embarrass you. Of course, you would never she court me. so fucking real for that. It, dude, it was. It was literally, it, it shattered hearts the world round. And then, you know, she says, I am the laughing stock of the ton. Even when I changed my entire wardrobe, it just never occurred to me that you of all people could be so cruel. So <sighs> one of the things to focus on there, when you guys watch this clip for the nine millionth time, like we all are and will be doing until the season one starts, her nose is a little red. It looks like our girl's been crying. Her saying mm-hmm. that she's the laughing stock of the ton, that sounds like whatever that spectacular fail is that we've been hinted to. Mm-hmm. So did something horrible happen with her in there, right? Like she made a fool of herself, maybe Cressida called her a spinster, and she started crying and she mm-hmm. fled Lady Danbury's ball, you know, mm-hmm. went outside to get some air. And Colin's like, oh, perfect. I can finally corner her while she's sobbing. And yeah. then whatever em- embarrassment, you know, thing happened where she felt like she was the laughing stock of the ton, um, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking. So it's, but also kind of makes sense. Like, if that's how upset she is, right? That is how, like, she's just, she's on her last nerve. She feels really humiliated by people at the ton. She feels like, wow, I, I look all different. I look all gorgeous, like, but nothing is happening yet. That's why maybe she has no more fucks to give. And she just tells him what she heard. Yeah, she's at her, she's at her wit's end for sure. You know, and when she says, like, it just never occurred to me that you, of all people, could be so cruel. I mean, yeah, oh. like, it's so heartbreaking. But, like, that's what we, I mean, right? If you look back that's at. That's what we've been, that's what I've been saying. Yeah. Nicola always talks about this is that he was on a pedestal that he couldn't, you know, be an ass or say things that, you know, were just off color, but Colin can. And one of the big things I actually do want to focus on here, this is not how I thought 
he would react when he was told the bombshell is revealed like that she overheard mm-hmm. him with Fife. He didn't deny it. He was mm-hmm. quiet. He definitely seemed very ashamed. But she gagged his ass. Yeah, Colin's reaction to learning about why Penn is upset with him and like honestly getting his ass handed to him. He's a more quiet, he's just kind of taking it. I think he's taken aback. You know. He seems like he's yes. like, oh fuck. Yes. Like and even he's like taken aback by a lot of what she says. And it's like Yes. It almost feels like a play on how she had little quips at, like, in Romancing Mr. Bridgerton that he was, like, looking at her differently for the first time. But this is almost that, like, subverted on his head where he's, like, seeing her as more of, like, a snarky, like, a stronger backbone, like, talking back, you know, not the demure little girl that he had previously seen her as. Like, it seems like a similar premise, but, like, in a different vibe. And it's good for him. I mean, like, this is, he needs his ass handed to him. He needs to, like, you know, he needs to see that she's not this, like, simpering little, like, you know, terrier that's going to disappear in a season and, like, that's just following him around. I was going to say one thing I wanted to mention. So here, she calls him cool. Mm -hmm. In season one, when Daphne sets up the, like, little, you know, when they can talk in private Mm -hmm. and she's going to chaperone after the whistle bounds come out and he knows everything. Colin calls mm-hmm. Marina cruel. So curious <laughs> if Colin remembers that, if that hits him so deep in his soul that he's now the one being called cruel. Oof. Hey, I want tears. I want <laughs> rolling tears. I don't care when they are, but from that man, we know Nicola can roll tears. We know she can no- roll snot. <laughs> Luke Newton, roll tears. I don't care for what, I don't care for why, roll tears. I want to see him. Yeah. Give me an Edmund montage. I don't care. This is just like wow. I mean Yeah, this is this is just such a different dynamic. This is what, you know, the hurt comfort emotional hurt comfort girlies have been like mm-hmm. crossing their fingers for. I am like so excited and I'm so excited for Oh, okay, what I was going to say. I remember. I remember. Yeah. So, this is obviously the first time or one of the first times they're able to speak so we do we think the episode is going to end right here or we do we think colin is somehow going to talk her into the confidence lessons this episode Ah. or is it going to be like top of episode two yeah so i think the way that like this scene like where it cuts off it's either that like he just stays there like stunned by what she said Mm -hmm. and then like you know, this scene ends and maybe the next day he finds her. Or it could be that she's, like, she got one little hoof in the carriage and he's, like, wait, let me help you. And he, like, comes over to her. I want him that evening to, like, need to fix it with Penn before he can sleep. Like, I want him to be, like, stressed. I don't need him to be distraught. I don't need him to be, like, punching the ground. But I need him to be, like, a little, like, lustered. Like, a touch. Dude, he misses her. Like, he actively misses her. He misses her. He actively misses her. And he now has been told, like, yeah, that person that, like, you miss and, you know, you've been thinking about, she wants nothing to do with you and she thinks you're cruel. I mean, Mm -hmm. and she's literally calling you Mr. Bridgerton. You have been acquaintance-zoned. Like, so hard. Literally. Yeah, because, well, the conversation it just had, right, it's, like, top of mind is her mentioning, like, she's got no prospects, blah, blah, blah. So maybe he's, like, standing there, like, think of something, anything, stupid fucking brain. And then he's, like, oh, you know, she was talking about how upset she is about her prospects. Maybe I can help her, right? Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, like, beautifully kind of, like, analyzed this under a microscope, this teaser, but, like, 
Hey guys, this is Rose. Um, I, I didn't think I would have to do another one of these additional edits into the episode. I need a cigarette. No, I need like where it's like 50 of them, like in, in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and they are smoking them all at the same time. I was about to publish this episode because our fearless leader, Carly, is working a night shift. So I also pulled a night shift to get this episode out for all y'all. And as I said, I was about to press publish when I was alerted in the group chat that Netflix Netherlands has a slightly extended clip of this scene. And that starts out with Colin saying, <clears throat> I'm quite serious. The color rather suits you. And he sort of nods towards Penn's outfit. She's still facing away from him when he says this. Carly and I will discuss this at length. And I just, I'm only mentioning it now just so you guys are fully aware of everything that was said during the scene. But it's not the same without hearing Carly's commentary, of course. So just really high level takeaways. <clears throat> he complimented her appearance in some way, shape, or form. Maybe he said she looked pretty, whatever. She's got bone deep resentment for this mofo right now. So she dismissed what he said. She brushed him off, you know, told him that he was lying or he was joking or all very funny. <clears throat> Colin doubles down and says, no, like, I'm being quite serious. Again, at this point in time, he is not even aware that Penn is truly upset with him, much less why she's upset with him. And he's seeking her out at the balls, right? He's likely he was following her or whatever, and she was ignoring him, giving him the cold shoulder. He's sort of kind of groveling by saying sweet little compliments or things he's buttering her up like a biscuit telling her that he misses her i mean this motherfucker's down bad and it kind of feels like in hindsight and maybe it's just the the delirium from what needs to be me sleeping soon but it kind of feels like now in hindsight when he says you are not a spinster it's like he gives her an up he, it looks like he gives her he gives her an up down right so i don't know i i think it'll be really curious to see if he sees her in that emerald outfit and his brain chemistry is already altered then right and that's like the beginning of the end of the descent of colin falling in love with her what are our big key takeaways before we end this episode pen still pissed as fuck yeah or like um, yeah whatever yeah. yeah oh you mean right like whatever happened episode eight season two it, it's fresh she's still pissed yeah she's okay, still yeah, pissed yeah. Colin didn't get the memo, so one of his brothers probably didn't see, or if he didn't see, he didn't tell Colin. Mm. Um, yep. Because Colin was unaware that Penelope knew. It probably hadn't been in Whistledown before, because bitch. Colin didn't know. I love how you're pulling all these clues. No, yes, bitch, literally. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, Penn doesn't have suitors until at least episode two. Um, doubling is still a part of it by episode three. Yeah. Colin's getting his hand cut during the your your eyes are so blue yep. confidence lesson. Lady Danbury is probably Marcus's mother. If it's Danbury's or where else that midnight clip, that is not where he's learning about the thing he said to Fife. But then it's like, damn, so what got her really upset? Yeah. Oh, okay, and then um, we have Will and Alice in the town. We have Alice as Eloise's potential potential friend. We have Will as Colin's potential friend. Um, the episode titles. We didn't do that yet. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. And cool. then we're actually done.
Here, we'll do episodes one through eight. So one is called Out of the Shadows, like Carly said. Two is called How Bright the Moon. Three, Forces of Nature. Four, Old Friends. Five, TikTok. Six is the titular Romancing Mr. Bridgerton chapter. Seven, Joining of Hands. And last but not least, as Carly said, Into the Light. Okay, big sleigh. I have so many theories. Do we want to say maybe one theory we have for each and then be done? Yeah, sure. Because I feel like this could be like its own episode. Actually, should we do that? Yeah, but let's just let's just do one theory we have for each. Okay, I like that. And then save the save analysis for the next episode. So just the theory, no analysis. Yeah, love it. Okay. Okay, so for Out of the Shadows, hmm. Well, I think that's obviously like Penelope like trying to come into her own and like be noticed. But there's also, it seems like a lot of other characters, like things that are coming to light. Not necessarily stepping out of the shadows, maybe being pushed out of the shadows because that could touch on Lady Danbury's turmoil. And then um, like Will and Alice are kind of taking that first step into society. It can be Eloise like, you know, facing the taunt almost on her own, she feels. There's just like so much going on. So like, I think that's what they're going to focus on there. Agreed. I think you're right. I think that's almost like a ch- that episode is really setting up, like you said, everyone from Penn, Al, Will and Alice, Colin, right? Like all these people are coming out of the shadows and are having like a new position in the ton or they're, you know, they're navigating the ton differently than they did the year before or like, you know, any other time in their life. So agreed. I think it's, I'm just really excited to see that. Like, wow, there's a lot of, there's a lot of change, a lot of interesting things going on. Um, Episode two, How Bright the Moon. I mean, we know this is where that moonlight still is from. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like there's going to be some interesting night scenes in this. This is, Mm -hmm. I I just, yeah. Do you know what I want from this episode? I want Colin, like, staring into her eyes in the moonlight. And this is, like, his (gasps) Penelope awakening. Like, How Bright the Moon. Yeah, it's it's very like romantic and like poetic. Uh-huh. Okay. And then we have episode three, Forces of Nature. Dude, they're horny. That's what that means. <laughs> Forces of nature. So that's Forces of Nature. Maybe Oh my god, maybe this the... is Go you go. Maybe because remember, we know that doubling is in episode three. Maybe this is the bravado, and this is like oh, the roosters, yes. like you know, the of nature. Like it's you know, it's it's the two rams like bucking their horns or antlers at each other. Uh huh. Uh huh. What are you thinking? I hope that there is a kiss, and then there is time for Colin to be extremely jealous of Penn even talking to another man after they've kissed mm. because they've not sorted their things out yet. And then going into episode four, Old Friends, they're dealing with that, like, turmoil going into, like, the carriage and the more sexual stuff. Because they're old friends. What if Old Friends is us seeing the flashback scene of when they were younger and when they Oh my god, I hope so. Ah! Yeah, that's- I would love that. Um, Yeah. And we get more detail into- their dynamic even when they were little kids mm-hmm. because does Penn know Edmund I hope okay episode five 
TikTok on the clock. <laughs> it's giving Kesha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So TikTok is very much like, hurry up, hurry up, right? Like time's yeah. running out. So is that like, what's that about, right? Like what's it's like, the urgency? It's like, what's, what's, what, what part of this plot has a deadline? So mm. is it some plot with Lady Whistledown where this is where they would use the like blackmailing aspect of the book? I don't think they really are from what I've seen thus far. But like if Penn is given a deadline to have to like pay off her blackmailer or mm. like if, you know, they only had money for half a season and she has to get married or if you know Dublin gives her an ultimatum and she has to make a decision like there has to be some type of deadline for like this episode name to make sense to me yes right exactly what yeah why are we like running to, you know why is it running to the wire down to yeah, the wire why what's is going time on running out what's the problem yeah did lady did or did queen charlotte put a bounty on lady whistledown but the ton only has until this time to you know, solve it, or does Lady Whistledown only have this much time to come forward? Like, it really depends how they just, like, where they go with that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It could, yeah. I think that makes sense, too, if, like, if we want to see it as, like, the first chunk, maybe the first four episodes are really that, like, romance arc kind of maturing, and then it's Colin and Penn navigating the Whistledown Queen and whatever else, like, you Mm -hmm. know, drama and stuff in the ton, that then, yeah, that's maybe them working together. Okay, so episode six being romance to Mr. Bridgerton, I think that's the episode where they have sex. Yeah, I think that's the engagement ball. Wait, so then it could be that episode five he proposes to her. Maybe, maybe, oh my God. Oh my God. What if it's like, he's gonna go through with like marrying Debling or who knows or what? Or like, maybe it's really confusing, right? Like, and he's like, I, I gotta do something before... Dublin proposes. Someone, yeah, someone tells him that Dublin is planning to propose tomorrow. So he's like, he's so got to do something. only tonight. Yeah, so maybe he proposes. He does a huge grand gesture, right? Maybe he assuredly, fervently, yeah. assuredly, fervently, loudly does the, like you said, romantic declaration. Because, yeah, and then they're engaged. That's probably going to be three seconds because um, they're going to anticipate those marriage vows hard. And good. Get Aggie cooking. Yes. Episode seven. You had a theory. Oh, that is the wedding. Joining yes. the hands. At the altar. In front of the vicar. In the bed. Yeah. In front of the mirror. Also, the fact that we have Prudank together, Prudence and Danky together, episode one. They're already married or like betrothed. That that wedding that we got the filming of, it's it's not that. I saw someone saying that, and I'm like, you really think this lavish, huge wedding, like, the show, the writers would give it to Prudink instead of Penn and Colin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know people can have their own ideas, but I was like, come on, y'all. They're the ones who need the wedding. There wouldn't be that many extras there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, finally, we have episode eight, Into the Light. So, if we do get a Lady Whistledown reveal this season, this is it. Yeah, and that really is the million-dollar question, is will they reveal Lady Whistledown? At least will everyone find out who she is, um, assuming that Penn at least tells the Bridgertons, because that's Ooh, a that huge... that could be a good final scene, like them standing in the drawing room and everyone just being, like, shocked. Well, that's, well, that's kind of the thing, right, is 
would Penelope, would Eloise be okay with Penelope marrying into the family without them knowing who she is? So I'm wondering if she tells them earlier. But I think it depends where her relationship know. lands with Penn. I think if they're still in a tiff, she she tells her family. If they're not, I think she would talk about it with Penn. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's interesting to see what will come up. And maybe there would be like a if you don't tell them, I will, but I think if they were friends, I don't think she would unless Penn like fully refused to, which I don't think would be good for Penn's character. Yeah, right. And I think for Al too, it's like, hey, if you're trying to apologize and say that like, you know, you're not like sneaky and you know, you feel bad for what happened, you can't marry my brother and my whole family not know. Like you gotta come yeah. clean. Cause I think her coming clean and kind of showing that for Al, it's like all right, damn. You know, like, I can't stay that mad at you forever. Like, you're clearly making efforts to be more transparent to those around you who are, like, close to you. Even if the Bridgerton family knows ahead of, like, them getting married or what have you, are we getting a reveal? Is that something the writers would want? Because if it is Benedict, that's season four, right? We have Mm -hmm. Sophie, like, Sophie gets... Spoiler, Sophie gets arrested and Benedict only finds out because Whistledown reports on it. But also, wait a minute. No, 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 wait. Oh, wait, dude. But this actually, wait, this is a huge wrench. If Benedict knows that his sister-in-law is Whistledown, he would not find out from Whistledown's, like, scandal sheet that Sophie's arrested. Ben would just tell him. Well, you, yeah, but Penn could still, they could still do, like, Penn figured out through Whistledown means, like, maybe a servant in her home across the street. With ah, yeah, so See Ben it? knows who she is, but yeah, okay. Yeah, and then maybe they just use Whistledown as a, like, well, she is the ward of an earl, like, what do you guys mean you don't remember Ooh. this? Like, yeah. they could still use it as a crutch, but it wouldn't be a secret who's writing it. Yeah, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Because it's not like Ben would have that important information and just not tell Ben. And he yeah. has to see it, like, at breakfast the next day. Okay, I think that's probably it for now. I honestly feel like we're probably going to, like you said, we're going to do an analysis episode on the, the you know, episode list of titles that we have. There's so much more we have to talk about, but we got to end it here and, like, Mm-hmm. like you said we have the key takeaways of the big stuff that we can expect the teaser literally like killed us and resurrected us at the same time yes. it was the best thing ever these stills are incredible Colin's eyeballs are going to be feasting on those titties all season absolutely as will mine yes exactly darling and oh my gosh I mean guys this is like this is it we're basking we are in the promised yeah. land and you guys, because we got on the phone so soon after this ended, we do not have a what the fic recommendation um, specifically, but I would like to point out, recommend, and applaud every single fic where Penn annoyed or angrily calls him Mr. Bridgerton. You girlies won. You yes! won. You were right. You were right and you won. Yes. Uh, so and all what the fic yeah. Yes, and every you're right. This is not just to the wallflowers. This is to the fan fiction girlies who wrote about him being called Mr. Bridgerton, who said that she was going to leave his ass on red for, you know, months and months. Um, you did it. You did it. Here are your flowers. We love you. We did um, it, Joe. We did it, Joe. But you guys, this is the end of the podcast for today. Please do make sure to follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, But 
hey, if you follow us on TikTok, you'll be my best friend because I want to read the book on lives and chit chat with you guys about it. But you need a thousand followers and we don't have that. Dude, we're so close. I feel like Instagram, (laughs) we're going through the roof. But yeah. Also, thank you to those who sent in little Valentine's voicemails. Um, The the hotline will probably be up. So if you guys want to send in any more questions in the next episode, when we discuss the episode titles, we will go through that Q&A. But we just have to cut this ish somewhere or you'd be talking till the end of time. Um, and I have sushi coming. So we will catch up with you guys later. All those links will be in the description of the episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. Tell your clergyman, your dog, your fish, your midwife. <laughs> um, your fwib. Your, your, yeah, your Sherpa. Exactly. You, you go on and tell them to listen in. And we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.